Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hello, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douzepois, the podcast where it's always Eurovision time, even in the middle of the autumn. Last week, I began my journey through Eurovision history looking at all of the countries who have participated in the contest at least once but have yet to win it. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I strongly recommend that you go back and listen to that one first because otherwise this is going to be a bit like starting a novel on page 96. I was working through the countries chronologically in order of their first Eurovision appearance, and we left off in 1994, where we had five countries enter who have, as of 2023, yet to win the contest. Romania, Slovakia, Lithuania, Hungary and Poland. The next country to join the fold was the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, who made their debut appearance in 1998. FYI Macedonia's story is a bit of a complicated one. They attempted to compete as an independent nation for the first time in 1996, which you may remember was the one year with a random audio-only qualifying round, and they were one of the seven countries who didn't make the cut for the final. They were similarly unlucky in 1997, when the qualifying criteria changed to the use of the country's average scores over the past four contests, and since all FYR Macedonia had to offer was a single non-qualifier, they didn't make the cut then either. As such, 1998 is considered to be their official debut in the contest, when they qualified by virtue of having set out the previous year, and made their first appearance with Vlado Janevsky with Nizori Zoro, finishing 19. They went on to establish a pattern of generally finishing somewhere in the teens, until they embarked on a dry spell of non-qualifying from 2008 to 2019, broken only by Calliope's Cernoe Bello qualifying in Baku in 2012 and finishing 13th. Now the first two non-qualifiers from that period were particularly brutal, as I mentioned on my Rules podcast a few weeks back, because on both occasions they finished 10th in the semi-final that they were in, but were victims of the brief system where the 10th song to qualify was a wild card chosen by the juries. However, North Macedonia, as they were called by this point, finally got their moment in 2019, when Tamara Todeska not only made the final with Proud, but won the jury vote and finished 7th overall. They had to sit out in 2023 due to financial constraints, but are planning a return in 2024. Based on their overall track record, I don't really anticipate a North Macedonian win anytime soon, but then very few of us saw that jury triumph coming in 2019, so stranger things have happened. Belarus next, making their debut at Eurovision in 2004 with My Galileo by Alexandra and Konstantin, which didn't make it out of the semi-finals, and neither did their next two attempts. They finally made it to the finals in 2007 with Work Your Magic by Colden, which, by the way, was an absolute banger, even if he does deliver it like it's the villain song in a Disney movie, which turned out to be their best performance to date, finishing in 6th place. Since then, it's been a long wilderness for Belarus at Eurovision, with their best rankings being 16th in the final in both 2013 and 2014, and they are currently not even eligible to enter. They were disqualified in 2021 for their initial selection being deemed too political, and none of their alternatives met the contest rules for inclusion either. Just to add insult to injury, the EBU then expelled Belarus less than a week after the 2021 final due to concerns over the content being broadcast by member broadcaster BTRC, and their expulsion stands until 2024. And they'll have to reapply for membership after that. So we probably won't be holding the contest in Minsk for a while, let's put it that way. If you were hoping for a feel-good story to follow that one up, I've got some bad news for you. Andorra are up next. They first competed at Eurovision in 2004 with Hugarem a Estimarnos by Marta Rore and failed to qualify for the final, finishing 18th in the semi-final. In fact, Andorra competed at Eurovision six times and they are the only country to have participated in Eurovision but never made it to the grand final. 
Their best result came in 2007 when the agreeable pop-punk number Salvem El Monde by Anonymous made it to 12th place in the semis and was just 11 points shy of qualifying. Andorra withdrew from Eurovision in 2010, citing financial difficulties and haven't been back since. And though there is some interest in returning, it looks like the necessary funds still haven't been amassed. Another 2004 debut was Albania, who had been hoping to join Team Eurovision for a few years beforehand, but had been denied due to the contest already being oversubscribed. They made a slightly better showing on their first attempt than Belarus or Andorra, qualifying for the final and finishing 7th with The Image of You by Andrzej Shahini, an intriguing mix of a banger melody and wispy soprano vocals. But they've struggled to live up to that flying start since then. Their best result at Eurovision was 5th place in 2012 with Sus by Rona Nishliu, which is their only other top 10 finish to date, and they've qualified for the final in just over half of the years they've been participating. Their most successful attempt was from the ever-reliable woman standing very still and bellowing genre, so perhaps they need to lean into that a little bit more if they're to pull off that elusive win. Now we come to one that's a little bit complicated, so please bear with me. Serbia and Montenegro entered as a joint entity in 2004 and 2005, and never won in that capacity. But since 2007, they've been entering as individual nations, and Serbia, of course, won in their very first attempt. So, while I acknowledge that Serbia and Montenegro as a joint venture never won, I'm not including them for the purposes of this podcast and jumping straight ahead to Montenegro entering as an independent nation from 2007 onwards. Still with me? Great. Sadly, Montenegro haven't managed to echo Serbia's Eurovision success, only qualifying for the grand final twice in 12 attempts. Their best result was 13th place in 2015 with Adio by Knez, who, in a brilliant alignment of two of my very specific interests, was also a contestant on the Serbian version of Survivor in 2010. Montenegro had to pull out of Eurovision this year due to financial constraints and a lack of sponsor interest, but I hope they can find a way back soon. Next we have Bulgaria, who first participated in 2005 and are a curious example of a country that rarely qualifies for the final, but tends to get a good result when they actually do. They first made the final in 2007 with Water by Elitsa Todorova and Stoyan Yankolov finishing in 5th place, and then went back to non-qualifying for the next 6 years and had to sit out entirely for 2 more years after that. But in 2016, Pauli Genova, who'd already represented Bulgaria in 2011 and not made it out of the semis, returned with the exceptional If Love Was a Crime and made it all the way to fourth place, setting a new high point for the country, only to be immediately overshadowed the following year by 17-year-old Christian Kostov, finishing second with Beautiful Mess, currently the highest scoring runner-up in Eurovision history. But just as it seemed that Bulgaria were finding their feet as a Eurovision powerhouse, things started to go a little bit wrong. They had to sit out in 2018 due to financial problems and then finish outside the top 10 in 2019 and 2021 before failing to qualify for the final at all in 2022. Then they had to withdraw again in 2023 due to financial issues once more. But having seen what they're capable of and the fact that their boom period seemed to emerge pretty much out of nowhere, they still strike me as a country with huge potential at Eurovision and I would love to see them back challenging for the crown again soon. And speaking of countries who had their best result at Eurovision in 2017, let's move on to Moldova. They made their debut in 2005 with Bunica Batidoba by Zidob, finishing in 6th place in the final. Since then, they've generally been pretty successful at Eurovision, qualifying for the final in 13 attempts out of 18, and generally sending something pretty memorable, not least with two appearances from the extremely memeable Epic Sax Guy. Indeed, he featured on their best finish to date, Hey Mama by Sunstroke Project in 2017, which finished in third place. 
Whether Moldova have it in them to pull off a win is still up for debate because they sometimes tend to slightly towards the more gimmicky side, which can be quite off-putting to juries. But, then again, the same criticism was levelled at Israel in 2018 and they prevailed for the win, so it's certainly not outside the realms of possibility. Up next is a country that many people might not have expected to see on this list back in 2014, Armenia. They've only failed to appear in the final in 3 out of 15 attempts, and made it to 8th place on their debut appearance in 2016 with Andre singing Without Your Love. Two years later, they set a personal best when Sarusho finished fourth with Kele Kele, and in 2014, Not Alone by Aram MP3 was many people's pre-contest favourite to win. But something about the song and the performance didn't quite translate, so he only managed to match their previous best of fourth place. Since then, they've had another top 10 finish with Iveta Mukuchan's almighty Love Wave finishing seventh in 2016, but they've tended to languish more on the right-hand side of the scoreboard. Though of course they did get Rosalind's 20th place a snap going viral on TikTok after the contest in 2022, so really all they need to do now is to get people to actually notice the song at the right time and they'll be laughing. On to Georgia, who first arrived at Eurovision in 2007, where Sulfo finished 12th in the final with the Björk-esque visionary dream. They infamously had to withdraw in 2009 when Georgia's song We Don't Wanna Put In by Stefan and 3G, a not especially subtle anti-Putin protest, was deemed to have broken the contest rules banning overtly political content. Georgia achieved their best result in back-to-back contests in 2010 and 2011, finishing ninth in the final first with Sofia Nisharadze and Shine, and then again with Eldreen and One More Day. But their last appearance in the final came in 2016 with Nika Kucharov and Young Georgian Lolitas, finishing 20th with Midnight Gold. Inexplicably, this one got the full 12 points from the UK jury, proving that the UK's poor grasp of good music at Eurovision doesn't just extend to selecting our own entries. Since then, it's been a long drought of non-qualifying for Georgia, but they aren't giving up and will be back trying to turn their fortunes around next year. Next up, the Czech Republic, or Czechia if you prefer, who first appeared in 2007 and didn't get off to the best of starts when Kabat finished last in the semi-final with Maladama. And after non-qualifying three times, and in light of a lukewarm reception from the Czech viewing audience, Czechia withdrew until 2015, when they non-qualified again, before they made the final for the first time in 2016 with Gabriela Gunchikova's I Stand, an underrated track in my opinion. She finished 25th, with all of her 46 points coming from the juries. But Czechia's fortunes turned around in 2018 with Nicholas Joseph and Lie to Me and his bum-wiggling, braces-stretching dance routine making it all the way to 6th place in the final. Czechia haven't quite reached these lofty heights again since then, but have only non-qualified once since in 2021 with Oh My God by Benny Cristo, and they've made the top 10 for the second time in their history this year with My Sister's Crown by Vezina finishing 10th, so I'm inclined to say that their general trajectory is heading upward. Then we come to the little microstate that could, San Marino. They first entered in 2008 and have only made the final three times in 13 attempts, but something about their plucky underdog nature has made them rather endearing. Their first time in the final came in 2014, when maybe Valentina Mineta's third consecutive attempt at representing her country made it all the way to 24th place. Though to be honest, she just looked delighted to be in the final at all. San Marino's best result came in 2019, when Turkish crooner Serhat got to 19th place with the delightfully retro Say Na Na Na. And despite splurging for Flo Rider to help get Sen hit to the finals in 2021 with Adrenalina, San Marino only finished 22nd. And in 2023, they reverted to the mean by finishing dead last in the semi-finals. 
but with a national final process that last year involved 106 acts and took an entire week, San Marino definitely have the greatest effort-to-results ratio of any act currently at Eurovision. Though of course what they do not currently have is a suitable venue to host in the event that they do eventually win. Hence all of the jokes about a San Marinese Eurovision Song Contest being held in Valentina Minetta's back garden. That brings us to our final nation, and it is a topical one, Australia. They were first invited as a one-off guest nation in 2015 with an automatic pass to the final, where they finished in fifth place. They clearly enjoyed the experience so much that they negotiated a return the following year, this time with the requirement to actually qualify from the semis. That earned them their best ever finish, with Dami Im's Sound of Silence finishing as runner-up in 2016, though I personally am still somewhat disgruntled about the fairly cheaty way they got around the no mentioning of commercial products in lyrics rule that year, and also by the song's complete lack of a chorus. Despite what Graham Norton keeps saying in his commentary, Australia have only failed to qualify for the final once, in 2021, when they were severely disadvantaged by Covid anyway, as they couldn't be in Rotterdam and had to submit a live-on-tape performance recorded in Sydney instead. But despite finishing in the top 10 in 5 out of their 8 appearances, Australia do seem to have a televote problem, often getting the majority of their points from the juries, which does seem to be the biggest obstacle to their chances of winning right now. As for the future, their 5 year contract to participate expired in 2023, but Aussie broadcaster SBS are apparently in negotiations with the EBU about continuing, so we'll see what happens. And that's it! All that remains now is for me to wish the very best of luck to all of these countries in 2024 or whenever they're next participating, and to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at bingewatch underscore pod, or subscribe in your podcast platform to ensure that you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, I'll be back in two weeks, and until then, good night Europe, and good morning Australia, if you're still with us. Bye.